0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Joining us now on the show, a man who is set to join Reggie Miller, Jermaine O'Neal, and Paul George as just the fourth Indiana Pacer to start an All-Star Game, and he will be doing it right here in the city of Indianapolis at GameBridge Fieldhouse. But before then, on the road in New York, it is Pacers and Knicks next. Last night against the Boston Celtics, Tyrese Halliburton joining us on the show. Tyrese, thanks so much for the time. How are you? I'm good, my man. How are you? Uh, we cannot complain, man. There's a lot to be excited about. And I, you know, I, I let off by saying there's no such thing as moral victories in professional sports, but I thought last night there were certainly a lot of things to like. We'll get to that. But I want to begin with the burning question, which is this. And I hope it's only the question that's burning. Um, You know, last night, obviously, you were on a minute limitation because of the hamstring that you're still coming back from. Sometimes I think when you go through something where there's a lot of adrenaline, Tyrese, it takes kind of a day to get a real feel for where things are. So how do you physically feel today after playing last night?
2: Uh, I feel good this morning. I feel good this morning. I think that was the plan, uh, hence why there's a minutes restriction put in place is that, you know, you hope that you, you know, ice, get your treatment, whatever, wake up in the morning and feel good and be ready to go. So, uh, I feel good this morning, um, waking up and moving around and be ready to go against the Knicks, uh, tomorrow. And, you know, my goal is to play in the back to back with the Kings the next game and, um, I think that if I can show that I can get through three games in four days, that that's encouraging to our medical staff and, um, you know, will help the minutes restriction move along.
1: So you were obviously, I would assume, aware of the minute restriction going into it. I mean, take me through just that process and kind of who leads that conversation.
2: Yeah, definitely a constant conversation between everybody involved and making decisions. Um, you know, for me, it's the it's front office, their coaching staff, their medical staff, it's my agents, it's everybody uh, coming together and having you know, kind of a group conversation as to what's best for me as a player and uh, you know, what's going to keep me on the floor the most uh, you know because that's where I want to be at the end of the day. So it's just constant conversation and um, you know I think after the Portland game, my body not reacting the way I wanted to after the game, I think we obviously had to kind of take a step back and, and understand figure out what we have to do uh, for me to be good. You know, after uh, after games and to be able to you know play in multiple games going forward and just be healthy.
1: So obviously you are, I mean I know it's got to be frustrating at times, right? When the game's on the line and you're sitting there, but um, you know, take me through that that dichotomy of emotion because I'm, you clearly I'm assuming that you you know you're aware of it, you understand why you're sitting there, but man, isn't there part of you that's like, you know, Reggie Miller said on the broadcast, look, if it's me, I'm going in there and I'm saying, just give me three more minutes. How tempting was it?
2: Well, it was, you know, I, everybody knows like, I'm a competitor. Like, I want to be on the floor. Um, you know, but I think that this being my first game back, we had a really upfront conversation because the, the medical staff knows who I am and what I stand for and how much I'm playing. So it was a coaching staff. And so it was just a conversation of it literally didn't matter how I performed yesterday. These were my minutes, and there was nothing I could do to stop that. Uh, so uh, I just got to the point where there was no need for me to – you know, go to the special staff and have an argument uh, because I was already, I mean, already angry that I, you know, only played so many minutes anyway. So I'm just trying to do what's right and, and know my big picture and know our team's big picture at the end of the day. I mean, I trust my teammates. Uh, we were still right there to win the game at the end of the day. Um, you know, they made a, a hell of a defensive play there to, you know, kind of clinch the game there, but – um yeah, I mean it's frustrating. I'm a competitor, today. I want to be on the floor. But at the same time, I gotta you know know the big picture of this and understand I need to be healthy for us to you know accomplish everything we want to as a team.
3: Pacers star Tyrese Halliburton is our guest. Tyrese, you're not alone in this, but you, among other players, have expressed your frustration with the 65 game threshold that the NBA has on players that began this season for other awards all nba mvp those kind of things that in your case directly impact the value of your contract over its life how mentally taxing is that on you knowing that it's out of your control with these injuries this hasn't been a load management thing you're just trying to go through the rigors of an nba schedule and now it's being asked of you of oh you can't miss three or four more games otherwise you're gonna get penalized for it how has that been from the mental side of things through this process?
2: Um, I, I mean, being honest, like, obviously, it's, obviously it's frustrating. Um, I've made my comments known on on how I feel about it, um, understanding that this plan – I mean, I, I also understand that this was put in plan, put in play so that, you know, guys wouldn't load manage as much, you know, keep guys on the floor, and I fully understand, and I'm a supporter of that. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm 23 years old. If I can play 82 games, uh, if I could play 48 minutes a game – 82 games a year I would like I love basketball I love competing I want to play as much as I can um but you know I can't control being injured and kind of the freak accident that you know happened to me this year uh so I really have no control over that um you know so I I think that it's due to you know what our what our league has been in the past and our owners and uh the league being frustrated by that and that's completely understandable Um, but I don't think that this plan was put into play to affect guys that are injured. Um, You see the MVP of our league get hurt last night. And honestly, it's, I think that it's crazy that it was very obvious that Joel re aggravated his knee injury against us uh, in Indy. And that has never been, nobody ever spoke on it. No talking heads in the media. Nobody ever said anything about it. They watched him limp around for a whole second half. Um, And then he misses the Denver game. And now it's a talking point and a surprise that he's not playing, even though it was clear that he had got hurt the game before. Um, And then he re-aggravates it again. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, Joel Embiid played 60 games this year doing what he's doing, which is one of the greatest offensive seasons we've ever seen. You're voting him MVP. It doesn't matter. So I think that uh, that's the tough part about it. And there's no right or wrong answer. Like, that's a problem, you know, but – Um, at the end of the day, I want to be on the floor. So, I mean, the fact that I have to play to to make All-NBA is not a problem for me. I just, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, I'm doing everything I can to, you know, keep my body right and be able to play. Um, But, yeah, it's definitely frustrating. I think it'd be frustrating for anybody that was put in this position. Um, But, I mean, listen, I'm not going to go. I mean, it's hard for me to, like, you know, go in the media and complain where I come from. The amount of money that I make currently and the amount of money I make moving forward is life-changing money. and you know, money that I, I would have killed for as a, as a kid. And, you know, my parents killed for for me growing up. So I understand that in the context of it, of course. Um, but that's that money that I could be missing out on, you know, if I don't play those games um, is also life-changing money um, on a bigger scale. So, um, yeah, I think there's no right or wrong answer. You just kind of got to go about it the way you can.
1: Tyrese, if there's a media outlet where you just want to, you know, occasionally be able to voice yourself, you're more than welcome any time, right? I mean, we're all for it, right? We don't yeah. want to get anybody in trouble, yeah. but let's go, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry. Hey, um, let me ask you this. If I'm looking at this optimistically, and when you have a player of your your rising star that then gets hurt, and fortunately it wasn't you know, a debilitating injury, but a nagging one, let's say, um, if there's a silver lining I would look at, I would say maybe this gave Tyrese Halliburton an opportunity to see the game with Pascal Siakam now in there and different players to see it while sitting and watching and learning his teammates from a different vantage point. Is there any truth to that possibility and is is there anything that you saw from somebody where you're like, you know, I don't know that I've seen that on the floor. I need to keep that in mind when I'm back out there and meshed in with them.
2: I don't think anybody on our team, I think that going into the season and just as time goes on, like if you're my teammate, I have a very, very good understanding of who you are as a player, what you bring to the table, how I can uh, help you know, put players and put my teammates in the best position, how they can help me. Uh, so I feel like I have a good understanding on that. I think while I've been out, the biggest thing that I've been paying attention to is just Pascal being around him, how he operates on a daily basis. Um, I think he's a very underrated, I mean, not underrated, but I'm trying to think the right way to say this, like, from afar, you can't tell how good of a communicator he is and how willing he is to listen and, and those things. So, like, kind of being up close and, and personal and getting to hear him talk and getting to, you know, talk with him about, you know, things that I see for him or things that I see when I get back that we'll be able to do. It's just constant conversation. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, we played two games together. Um and in both those games I mean, last time I was on Restriction, the game before is my first game back, like we haven't got to play together, you know, when we're both in like rhythm and, and, and going. So that's the great part about the year is we got thirty something games left and um you know, we just we're just gonna figure it out and over time that's the, the great part about adding adding a guy mid year, especially a guy of, of his caliber, that uh where he's just gonna fit in right right away.
1: Would you say that the acquisition, Tyrese Halliburton, our guest, Pascal Siakam, would you say that it creates uh, the most benefit or the most adjustment for you guys on the offensive end or defensive end?
2: Good um, question. I, you know, I think that probably defensively, I think that he does things that, you know, we just needed more of. You know, he's a long wing that uh, can defend, contest shots and guard multiple positions. I think, listen, at the end of the day, offensively, we're one of the best offenses in the league. Uh, and now we're adding – an all-star. You know, we're adding an elite player to our offense. So, it just it already flows so well. Like, it's just a matter of him, you know, we've had some practice days now where he can kind of understand um, you know, the 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 randomness that we play in, but and like the we like to call it like controlled chaos, like he understands that. And so I think that the the more time that goes on with him, the better it'll be and just figuring out our spots and stuff like that. But I think defensively is where he's going to help us uh the most um and, you know, just offensively, when I'm off the floor, kind of just having another, you know, go-to-scorer guy uh, definitely helps.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at K-I-S-Q-A-L-I.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: You know, one thing about you, Tyrese Halliburton, our guest, I think you know this, Tyrese, but let me tell you the narrative when I talk to people like that are around your team and your franchise, not not your teammates, but people that are just around it. Okay, broadcasters, front office people, et cetera. Everybody tells me they're like, the thing about Tyrese Halliburton is he just has this it factor that rubs off on people in a positive way. He's always in a good mood. He always makes people feel comfortable, and it just is infectious in terms of being this overwhelming positive sentiment where does that come from
2: uh i think it's just a kudos to the way that i've been brought up and the way that i was raised uh my personality is very similar to my dad's and that i'm just i just enjoy life my dad has always uh just painted the picture to me of, of what life is and the reason that we're here on earth and um you know kind of just have a good understanding of that so i, I think that's that's probably the biggest part of it is my dad just always has preached to me that he wants basketball uh, to be fun for me at all times. Like, he never wants it to feel like a job for me. And we've had that conversation many and many a times. And that's why I just have fun with what I do, just uh, because of the conversations I have with my dad and um, who I am and what he's brought me up to do. And so I think that, that that plays, you know, probably the biggest part to it.
1: Tyrese, but I had my buddy Michael, who lives in Melbourne, Australia, just did the West Coast trip with you guys. He literally flew from Australia to go to, to games. And he sends me. He was in. Den, he was at every game. The whole time that he went to all those games, he sent me three pictures: one with his son with Obi Toppin, one with his son having you sign his jersey, and one with your dad. I think your dad. <laughs> he was the most excited about actually of the three photos that he sent me.
2: Yeah, he's, he's become after, ever since the in season tournament. He's become somewhat of a of a local celebrity of some sorts.
1: Hey, will you partake uh, in terms of the All Star game? Tyree Halliburton, our guest. Um, I think it's so cool that you're a starter because I think the city kind of sees it as like you're our ambassador, right? Like you're the guy in, in more ways than one. I think you're aware of that. Uh, how much will you partake in the events? I don't know if like the three-point shootout has been set, but will you contemplate doing more than just the game itself?
2: Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, um, I can't say everything that I don't know of uh, the for sures on everything, you know, quite yet but um yeah i'm gonna do everything that i'm asked to do um i've choked in the the three-point contest last year so i'd like to get back there and uh and, and, and have a shot at winning that one um but yeah i thought i value this uh opportunity is definitely something for me that's very uh very much so just to be an ambassador of the event and so that's exciting for me and an ambassador for our city and uh, the organization and, and the fans and everybody. So I, I really look forward to it. Uh, like we always say, basketball is not just basketball in Indy. And, indie. and I, I think that it's going to give another opportunity for Indy to showcase what it is as a city because I think that people don't think Indy has much to offer, but that I understand there's been Super Bowls here, Final Fours here. Like this is a, a city that can put on large events very easily, um, and so I'm excited for you know the other players and the people who are you know coming down for All Star to to experience the city a little bit more versus when they come here in January for a game on a Monday and and it's and it's cold and they don't want to leave their hotel room.
3: Pacers stars Tyrese Halliburton is our guest. Tyrese, when you look at now the addition of Pascal Siakam and, and as you get start to get healthier. When you look at the Eastern Conference, the NBA as a whole, and the Pacers kind of reminding everybody in that in-season tournament that, hey, we're not just a team on the rise. We're here to compete. We're here to contend. How close is this group to being to that next level where they are in the conversation for competing for Larry O'Brien trophy?
2: Yeah, I think that we're just a young group kind of figuring stuff out right now. Um, and and our goal is not only to get to the playoffs, which of course is our goal, but we want to win in the playoffs. Like that's our goal as well. We don't want to like put a uh, you know a ceiling on what we can accomplish as a group. I think that we have the utmost confidence that no matter who we play on any given night, uh, we have a chance to win the game. A good chance to win the game. We like our chances to win the game. So um, I think for us right now, it's just. I think just trying to take it a day at a time and understand how we can get better, like you know, film sessions, uh, shoot-arounds, practices, uh, all that stuff. I think that that really helps us grow as a team, uh, and and that's how we get better. So I think that that's the biggest part about it is just how can we get better on a daily basis and be ready to compete with the best. Um, You know, we've shown – we've beaten, um, you know, it feels like every top team in our conference and uh, teams around the league. So we know we can compete with anybody on a daily basis, but – it's about creating consistency and, um, you know, just playing Indiana Pacers basketball and creating a brand of basketball that uh, leads to winning. And um, Yeah, I don't have to ask anybody. I know everybody's goal is to win a championship. That's more than anything my goal. So, um, you know, whatever it takes to do that, we're going to do.
1: Tyrese Halliburton, our guest. All right, Tyrese, we're going to ask you a couple non-basketball questions. A little get-to-know, Ty, I don't know what there is about you. We don't know at this point, but we're going to get to know a little more. Is that cool? Yes, of course. Okay, uh, for starters, some of your outfits, because I know that you're you're a fashion guy, right? you got a keen fashion that. eye. Now, there have been a couple where I, I've I've been a little taken aback. Uh, okay. I love the one where you look like, I don't even know if you're aware of this, but everybody thought you looked like a 1930s newspaper boy. Do you know which outfit oh, I'm talking yeah. about? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: I heard it. I okay, heard now, it.
1: Jimmy has a specific question about about one article that you wore on the trip. Go ahead, Jimmy.
3: Where did you get the bright neon green jacket that you wore during the Suns game? because that thing oh, was it's phenomenal. A,
2: it's a uh, it's Bottega Veneta. That's the brand it's called uh, but I got it in and I was like, you know, I got to find a time to wear it. What a better time than Phoenix? Why not? <laughs> now, it, here's the thing. Uh,
1: I, it looked like a rain jacket and I'm like, you're in the desert <laughs> and it's probably hot there, but then again, maybe it was like drizzly and 50. I don't know. Is it a raincoat? It's like a
2: le- it's like uh the material is weird. Yeah, it's kind of like a raincoat. Yeah, yeah. Material's weird. It I, I probably won't wear it again it's a little loud uh, no I th- actually but... it was
1: a super cool color because i've never seen a jacket of that color that's what made it cool right
2: yeah yeah i thought i thought the material like my teammates like oh the material on it is nice so i i thought it
3: was a hit i thought it was a good look i think loud is the right term though it yeah. was it was well, a loud for now sure here's what was loud tyrese
1: let's be real here okay what's a little loud and i know listen i i'm I'm older, okay. Uh, you had a pair of pants on over the weekend that I think it was on Friday night. It might have been the the Phoenix game. Uh, I'll, I'll just say simply wide legged pants. Is that correct? Oh,
2: very wide legged They were very wide legged Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like like at one point I I actually said I go, you know, for example uh, DeAndre Jordan who's listed in the program as being 10 pounds heavier than Miles Turner, and I'm like that dude's like 325, right? And. and I wondered if just even one of those legs, like, would be around the waist <laughs> of, of DeAndre Jordan, right?
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. I, you know, I probably could have went with some glimmer pants now that I was thinking about it because the jacket was a little loud. So, like, if the jacket's a little quieter, I'd go with the baggier pants as, like, the, the loud part of the outfit. But You look like you know, Aladdin,
1: what? if you really want to know the truth. I mean, no, no yeah. offense, but you look like Aladdin, right?
2: Oh, no offense taken. You know, I think that. I thought it was a good fit. Uh, you know, I probably could have went some summer pants just because the jacket was pink and loud, but, uh, you know, I thought it was i thought it was a good fit. It fit me well.
3: You got anything special planned? You don't have to reveal it, but do you have anything special in the bag planned for All-Star weekend You in got to break out the jacket again.
2: Oh, oh, I mean, my fits for All-Star have been planned for months, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm prepared.
3: <laughs> hey, uh, Tyrese
1: Halliburton, our guest. All right, how about this one? You are, I'm assuming you guys have already made the trip and you're in New York now, Correct current
2: yes of course
1: okay so in an off day i i think you guys have already met and had meetings but it let's just say that that coach carlisle says okay you know we'll we'll reconvene this evening or whatever else what do you do in your off or free time when you're on the road in one of the great cities in new york city
2: uh well today um i had a meeting with commissioner silver this morning Uh, i've never met him before so it was just kind of an introductory meeting i I got drafted during covid so it's my first time meeting him uh so that i did that this morning i got a team meeting at one we're gonna watch some film on last night's game and prepare for new york uh and then i got to go to a a watch store uh later to i gotta get some replacement bands for my for my new watch and then i go shopping and then probably go to dinner with some 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 friends who live here and uh then probably call it a night
1: i'm a huge watch guy by the way so i'm very intrigued there real quick before we let you go uh were you nervous to meet adam silver was it like going to the principal's office
2: no, nah, no, nah, not at all. He's a great guy. Uh, the first time I read him, so it, it was cool. We had a good conversation. Okay, and then lastly,
1: I think you and Jimmy Cook, who you just <laughs> – the other guy here, I, I think you guys are going to have uh, an arm wrestling match here. Jimmy is um, – it's almost scary how much he's a fan of Patrick Mahomes. He's been wearing Chief stuff every day for like three straight weeks. <laughs> how well did you at Iowa State know Brock Purdy? And I've seen that you've worn his jersey, so – um, do you talk to him? What is your relationship? and what is your thought on the Super Bowl?
2: Yeah, we text from, we text from time to time. Uh, when either of us are you know doing well, we, we, we text each other, congratulations and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I think that we met my freshman year uh, when we were both just two freshmen on campus, not really expecting to play. And then I think our lives kind of both changed very quickly. He got the starting job by game three. I was starting by game two. And I think it became pretty apparent to Cyclone fans that we were going to be a part of the future of Cyclone sports moving forward. Um, and so I think that we kind of just struck up a relationship from there. Coach Campbell, the football coach, uh, we used to do like biweekly meetings uh, about a book we were both reading on leadership. Um, so we, we, we've texted uh, pretty often. Um, I think both of our lives and college were just – so busy. It's not like we spent a ton of time together by any means, but uh, both has always kept in touch. And, you know, we would, the time we spent together would be like on the bus, going to class or actually in class. We took like an accounting class together. We a stats class together. Uh, so we, you know, sit together in class from time to time. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely um, love and, and, and a relationship there um I'm excited for the Super Bowl to see my boy there uh obviously he was not expected to be here uh so it's cool to see him kind of you know beating the odds and 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 competing the way he is I'm excited you know he's playing against um, you know one of the greatest quarterbacks ever and and uh, so I'm excited to see him go toe to toe with him and um uh, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I'm, well, I'm, 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 I'm having my Niners gear on.
1: I hope the Ames Made Right comes up with the sandwich named for Tyrese Halliburton before Brock Purdy. That, that's my goal, although either <laughs> one would be cool, and, I, and I'll and i have either one because Made Right's are the greatest sandwiches ever made. Um, that's a good point. All right, meeting at 1 o'clock for Tyrese Halliburton, so he managed to squeeze us in, and it is greatly appreciated. Tyrese, best of luck against the Knicks, and we will see you, it sounds like, Uh, fingers crossed, on the floor for Sacramento back here on Friday night at the Fieldhouse. Enjoy Gotham, all right? Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you. Tyrese Halliburton, the star of the Indiana Pacers, joining us on the program.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
1: Joining us now on the show, it was within the last week or so that Rick Fusen, longtime member of the Indiana Pacers organization, currently the chief operating officer and president of the Indiana Pacers, he joined the franchise 40 years ago, 1984, working in special projects and announced that he is going to be celebrating and heading off into the sunset and retiring and doing so, certainly with a franchise that is in a much bigger and better place than that with which he began and that's not to besmirch what it was in 1984 but rick joins us on the program rick how are you
4: i'm great thank you thanks for having me i appreciate the kind words thank you
1: appreciate it um let's begin with this and my apologies for asking this question right off the top and that is i know that you announced your retirement i would assume that that simply means at the end of the nba season but there's is there a designated time per se when the transfer of power essentially takes place
4: Yes, actually, uh, I I started on uh, June eighteenth, uh, nineteen eighty four, and you don't get the opportunity to be on uh, even numbers, <laughs> and so I'm gonna I'm gonna re- sit, step down on June eighteenth of twenty twenty four. So uh, it's it's forty days, forty years to for the day that I started.
1: Okay, so with that, um, I- I'm gonna ask a really dumb question, Rick. Okay,
4: not the- you. No, there's no chance. No chance. <laughs> I know that's stunning, right? Um, Especially, especially when you you, you know you were so good at the Allisonville Elementary School in terms of the spell, spelling bee, et cetera. I know you're a Listen, very smart guy.
1: Rick, I, I got totally screwed in that deal. I I, I had to spell carfare and then Jody Shear, in <laughs> order to win it, had to spell car hop, and I was the runner-up and not the winner. I it, it, I'm not yeah. saying that I'm bitter about it, right? But it was. I, it was like losing a coin flip for the number one pick in the draft. You know what I mean? It's just, you know,
4: that, ha- that happens to a lot of us. It happens, you know, <laughs> like, the, like the NBA sometimes when they got the crooked corners on the, 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 the draft thing and whatever else. That's I right. Totally right. Uh,
1: Carfare was the Wayman-Tisdale. I loved Wayman-Tisdale. Don't get me wrong, right? But still, um, wrote, there were no frozen envelopes at Allisonville probably. Um, I hear you. So, you know, the Pacers back then when you were – And I would assume, and let's go back to 1984 when you're doing special events. What I recall of those days, you know, were like concerts after the games. I mean, there were ways that you had to entice people to come out. And truthfully, let's be real, the brown curtain days of the Pacers. What did the job entail when you started with the franchise?
4: Well, really, my, my first job, I got hired uh, to work for Bob Saliers, who was the president uh, after Irvin Mel bought the team. And actually, right then, uh, you know, they were deciding on how they were going to do the All-Star game. And so my job really got to be uh, about uh, representing the Pacers for the All-Star game. And there's a woman by the name of Carolyn Blitz, Uh, who was the head of the commission for downtown at that point, who really represented the city. So when I started, I mean, it was just a few months after I started that we were going to do the all-star game. And there was, that was just the start of the planning. So at, at, at the, at the time, uh, there were a lot of folks working on those boxing matches and those concerts. and, and trying to keep the curtains up and uh, whatever else. Uh, and, and I've worked on some of that stuff, but I was more more involved day-to-day with the All-Star game in, in February.
1: You know, it's funny because that All-Star game, you had All-Star Saturday night at Market Square, the great dunk contest between Jordan and Dominique Wilkins, and then the All-Star game in the RCA Dome, with, or the Hoosier Dome then, with Ralph Sampson, the MVP. Now it's the other way around. So you have the All-Star game itself, the prime event being at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. How has, I guess, the planning and the event itself, how is it going to be different today? Is there anything that's even similar to what you put together in, in 84 for the 85 All-Star game?
4: The thing that's similar is the fact that it's an NBA All-Star game. <laughs> and, and that's the only thing. You know, I go back to, to, to 85. There was a decision made uh, one day in Herb and Mel's office. At Merchants Tower, and they had a number of community le- leaders, and they said, "Well, how, where do you want us to do?" The the, the Hoosier Dome was new; uh, we had just done 60 or 70,000 people for the Olympic uh, uh, with the Olympic team, uh, basketball-wise, and uh, they, they made a decision that they were going to do something um, really out of uh, unbelievably in terms of, uh, of putting the game uh, in the Hoosier Dome and having 40,000 people there, and at the same time being able to do something that was so fun at Market Square Arena. You know, today, as we looked at it over the last um, seven years, really, since we started planning this, because we're supposed to do it in 21, you know, we've talked to Herb and Steve and and the commissioner and all the NBA folks about, okay, how can we make this different? It will be different because it's in Indianapolis, because we have such a great downtown, the best downtown. Our hotels are downtown. um, you, You know, we can we can make it a campus. Uh, Downtown, and that's going to be significantly different than it was, uh, you know, back in '85 as well. We didn't have that many restaurants, we didn't have uh, that many hotels downtown, and look what's happened, you know, over the years. And at the same time, we wanted to do something really different related to uh, the the competition, and so we convinced really um, everybody that uh, we should have a Saturday night. Uh, at, at Lucasville Stadium and and it took a while but finally that was the decision and then at the same time in terms of the purity of the game have the purity of the game at gamebridge Fieldhouse so uh, it was it was thought about um, in 1984-85 and then again uh, you know in the last year or so about this so we're going to we're going to make a record uh, we made a record in 1985 for the All-Star game until it was broken in Dallas and we're going to make a record for the Saturday night having 35,000 people so it's It's uh, This thing is significantly different. Uh, We had about one party. Uh, We had one party, one party only uh, in 1985, and now we have hundreds of parties around uh, the city, Uh, some sanctioned, some not sanctioned. uh, But you're going to see this downtown come alive uh, starting when we have this opening ceremony uh, on, on Thursday night, the
3: 15th. Rick, I know it's still a couple months away, but first off, congrats again on the retirement and all that you've accomplished Thanks. in your 40 years with the Pacers. When you look at back to 1984, the planning of the 85 All-Star Game, to, to now and the bookends that those represent, A, have you allowed yourself to you know contemplate what all you've helped be a part of over this tenure? And B, if you haven't, sorry to put you on the spot, but what are you most proud of over this time?
4: Well, thank you very much. Uh, you know, my dad was a sports writer, and he was with the Indianapolis News for almost 50 years. And actually, I might be most proud about the fact of following my dad downtown. Uh, we have 75 contiguous years between my dad and myself over 90 years in terms of downtown uh, between us. And for a family uh, like the Simons or like the Ursays or like the Lilies, whatever else, for a family who has been in sports, Uh, to be part of Indianapolis and to be part of the growth of Indianapolis, um, it's dear to my heart. And um, we've done a lot of things, and I've had a lot of opportunities. Um, Herb Simon has given me more than I would ever imagine to me and my family. Go back to Donnie Walsh, who let me work for him for nearly 20 years, uh, I, I mean, I've I've had such a great career, and, and hopefully I've given back a little bit, but the fact that my family could be part of this downtown in this great city of Indianapolis in the great state of Indiana uh, is just as good a thing as I could ever think about.
1: Rick, can you expand upon, you know, I think a lot of people still think of the Pacers and not like they did in 1984, but I think people maybe don't realize that there's Pacers basketball and then Pacers sports and entertainment and the all-encompassing envelope that that expands across. Can you can you take me through what the roles are as a chief operating officer of Pacers uh, and president of the Indiana Pacers and Pacers sports and entertainment versus being a guy that's simply selecting rosters?
4: Yeah, cer- certainly. Uh, you know, uh, Kevin Pritchard is our is our president uh, of basketball. Obviously, that's where he, he, his expertise is. I never played in college or never played in the NBA. So I would never get in the middle of that. My, my, my job um, is to run the company and the company includes owning the Indiana Pacers, the Indiana Fever, uh, the, the, the Mad Ants of the G League, uh, the, the uh, gaming team that we have and the operation of uh, Market Square Arena. So, uh, so I have a responsibility for uh, on my side of making the money, uh, finding a way to sell tickets, to have events here, uh, to do the accounting and do the legal work and everything else. So that's the company umbrella. Uh, so I answer to her from that standpoint. But but the basketball team uh, is run by Kevin Kevin Pritchard, and that's the way it should be. That's the way it is in most. Uh, companies in, in uh, sports, actually, uh, where you have the expert on the on the basketball or the football or the baseball side, and then you have the business guy. And that's what I've been over the years, been the business guy. And we all get along so very well. We always talk about budgets. We talk about things that are going on. Um, you know, I certainly don't ever put myself in a position to say it's a good trade or not good trade, but our guys have done pretty good. So the, the bottom line is we all work together. Uh, but in terms of the bureaucratic stu- structure, uh, I would be in charge of the entire company.
3: Rick, this was supposed to be the 2021 NBA All-Star event here in Indy. And of course, with COVID and and everybody's lives were impacted with that. But, but on your planning side and on the business side, you find out in November of 20 that, hey, we're not at a place where we're going to be able to do this thing the right way. And the NBA reassigns you to 2024. Take us back to the initial reaction to that decision. And what did that pause and that rescheduling allow you guys to envision it and complete obviously the renovations would be first and foremost but what did that allow you to do with that extra time
4: yeah absolutely pandemic of course just like you said was tough for everybody but in this case uh, you know they had kind of an abbreviated all-star in atlanta at one year and we said no we don't want to do an abbreviated all-star we want to do it like it should be done. We want the whole thing. We want 1800 media coming from across the world. We wanted it to be seen in 200 countries in 60 year languages or so. And so we said, help us, uh, you know, go to another year. And so it worked out. They had, they had 22 and 23 settled. And, and so we got 24. And so it, it, there was and interestingly enough uh, the time frame actually gave us an opportunity to do things that we would not have been ready for in 21 it gave us the opportunity to redo the building to have this 400 million uh, re- dollar redu- uh, uh, redo of the building put a bicentennial plaza there put the artwork put the you know basketball court there have, have uh skating whatever else and 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 give us the opportunity to do things uh, right in indianapolis so we could show the world that hey this, we can handle these things. We handle these things all the time. This is like the Super Bowl. You know, it's like the NCAA Final Fours. Uh, we wanted to get the entire uh, economic uh, uh, impact of this thing. So, really, it was a talk between Herb uh, and us and the commissioner and his group. And we, we came to an agreement that we do 24. And that is a good thing for all of us that are part of it today and hopefully for all the people coming to Indianapolis to be part of it.
1: Now, Rick, when you retire, do you go live on the same farm where you guys sent Bowser like 10 years ago?
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe uh, that's very possible. He's he's uh, living you know, happily I mean,
1: on a farm. I, I, kids ask me a lot, and that's where he is, right? He's running and frolicking.
4: And there's, yeah, there's nothing nothing wrong with farming. Uh, it's a good it's a good thing, <laughs> right? You know, you're growing you're growing uh, you're growing uh, tomatoes and everything else, and we got to feed the world. So, uh, you know, it's a good thing like that to do. However, however, there may also be a golf course in mind, um, you know, as well. So we'll see. Hey, I want to ask you about this.
1: Rick Fusen is our guest joining us here on the program on querying Company. Um, the reality is this: I, I am naturally—I grew up in Indianapolis, as you know, Rick—and and like you, yep. you know, I, I have such this pride about where we are versus where we were. Okay, it's always been a great city, yep. but it's now a, it's on a different level than it was of yesteryear. And Absolutely. I look around the NBA, which I love. And I look at big markets that, that deserve to have a team, quite frankly. I mean, Seattle would be one. Um, I, at some point, I would think Nashville comes into the conversation. Las Vegas will certainly be in the conversation. And I get paranoid. And I don't mean this to, to be negative at all. But just knowing the business of professional sports, can you reinforce for me or for our listeners that there is that, that the Pacers are indeed a continued long-term marriage with the city of Indianapolis that is ironclad.
4: Well, I think, that's, I think that's been shown through Herb Simon's commitment to Indianapolis. You know, Herb Simon has said uh, so many times uh, over the last many years, you know, Indianapolis and, and, and Indiana have done for more, more for me and my family than I've ever done for them. Now you, that, that might be a bone of contention, but a uh, bottom line is that's what he really believes. And, and Herb Simon did a deal to keep the Pacers here for a long term Uh, Steve Simon is committed to uh, Indianapolis. Uh, Steven Rails, uh, who now uh, owns part of the team, minor part of the team, is committed to Indianapolis. He was a DePaul graduate. Uh, He's got a company in Indianapolis. And and you know what? I I have no doubt in my mind, period, end of story, that this team won't be here uh, for the rest of my lifetime for sure.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: What can you tell us about Mel Rains, who has been working for your organization and now will overtake the roles that you will be leaving behind in retirement and um, just your comfort level and being able to hand the keys over there?
4: Yeah, well, I'm I'm absolutely 100% comfortable. She's um, you know, we, we have had uh, eight or nine years together. I hired her after uh, she came back to Annapolis. I worked with her on the Super Bowl. Uh, we, we, we had a, it was a chance that we took on her and she has proven herself uh, exponentially in terms of uh, being the right person for this job. Uh, we've got a lot of great people that work for us, uh, but Mel, uh, Mel is a, she's a, a great uh, detail person. Uh, she, she understands the multiplicity of our business. Uh, she gets along with people well. Uh, She's involved in the community, uh, and that's really what it takes uh, in terms of my opinion of being part of this great organization and running it on a daily basis is to show your commitment to our city and our state. And Mel has done that. And, you know, she's the she, – I'm the chair, but she's the president of the, uh, of the NBA All-Star uh, Host Committee. Um, and there's not a thing that she has been asked to do that she won't do. Uh, that's from, you know, cleaning up after a game uh, to making sure that we understand what's going on in the state house. So uh, she has my 100% uh, faith uh, and commitment, and I think uh, she will – Uh, make things even better uh, for our company than I've been able to do over the years. And and we really look forward to her being successful. And by the
1: way, I misspoke, Rick, and I apologize. I do apologize because it is Mel who goes from chief operating officer now to chief executive officer because you in retirement are leaving the position of chief executive officer, so CEO and not COO. This is why I talk on radio and didn't go to Kelly School of Business, right? No, um, but no, I, no, I apologize for that. And
4: neither did I, so I didn't correct you. So
1: <laughs> here we go. Hey, um, when you were, last thing here, when you were growing up, you know, you went to Arlington High School. You played football at okay. Indiana. A couple of years difference, I would assume. And I know that you would have professionally known him. But did you run like in, in college and high school? Were you buddies with Wayne Radford?
4: Oh, Wayne, absolutely. Um, actually, and his son. Uh, I, I've known as well over the years, and in, in terms of being friends with uh, the family um, and 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 one of my nephews. Uh, but Wayne Radford was a, a wonderful man. Um, he gave a great credit to our university and 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 certainly to Arlington High School. And he was a little younger, uh, but man, uh, I'll I'll never never ever uh, forget just how kind a of person uh, he was, and we sorely miss him.
1: Rick, finally, when you look back on, and maybe it's impossible to do, but uh, just if you could, I'm, I you know, the open forum here for you to just kind of let listeners know what on your way out you're most proud of or most blessed to have experienced, whether it be people, whether it be a certain memory that jumps out, if you were to encapsulate your career with the Pacers in terms of the memories that most are warm to Rick Fusen, it would be what?
4: Well, I've had so many opportunities. You know, you think about going to the finals uh, for your main uh, men's team and winning the finals uh, for the women's team. You know, but at the same time, uh, being able to do uh, opening ceremonies for gymnastics, uh, you, you know, when the Kuwait team was there and we got to see them during the war. Um, you, you know, I mean, there are just so many things to be able to put a, to be able to put a, a, a pool um, inside Conseco Fieldhouse. Uh, you know, to, to be able to have gone to the Beatles in 1964 and then worked all of the shows uh, that, uh, that members of the Beatles uh, have been in Indianapolis over the last 40 years. There's too many to just, to, just, just to pick out one. Uh, but the other part of it is that Herb Simon and his family uh, have given me the opportunity to be part of the community. Uh, they, they trusted in us. Uh, they trusted us on social issues. And to be able to be somebody who's remembered as a hard worker, uh, who gave to Indianapolis, who, who believes in, uh, in, in, in quality and, and uh, fairness and equity, uh, and to be able to live that uh, for 40 years in my hometown, uh, th- that makes my heart full. And I'm leaving uh, on a daily basis uh, with that in mind uh, that I gave everything I had, uh, and um, I look forward to the next generation carrying on.
1: Well, to keep with the Beatles' theme, Rick, many a hard day's night, but you can now play golf eight days a week. So starting in June, enjoy that, all right?
4: Yes, sir. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me, and I appreciate the work that you guys are doing for our city and our state as well.
1: Appreciate it very much. Rick Fusen, again, the Pacers CEO and uh, president of the Indiana Pacers, chief executive officer of Pacers Sports and Entertainment, and retiring on June the 18th.